Last week we were speaking about being God's masterpiece. And uh, and I said something during when I was talking that, honest to God, the Lord just dropped into my head while I was up here. And that was that about this place being a gallery where God displays his masterpieces. Now, I wish I could tell you I was that clever to come up with that one, but I'm not. Um, but I couldn't get away, even I was talking to Rob Carley yesterday about what happened, and I was going, I couldn't get over this idea that we walk into a gallery and we see, um, we see pe- not that I'm a big person for going to galleries, let's, like, to be quite honest with you, but we went to Paris, I didn't even go to the Louvre, I was like, there's a queue, what would you want to go there for? I look at it in a book, do you know? <laughs> I'm a Philistine, I'm sorry, what can I tell you? But, but like, but I have friends who are really into art, and they'll tell me they'd sit and look at a painting for hours. And there are some paintings that catch my attention. I go for, um, I go for supervision with, with this guy, and he has a painting on his wall. It's not a famous thing or anything like, but it's just, you know them flocks of boards that move like waves? It's a painting of one of them. It fascinates me every time I sit and look at it. So I have no idea. It must be, to sit and look at a real masterpiece must be amazing. But I was thinking, when you walk into a gallery, you see all these things hanging on a wall. And and they are masterpieces, and they're amazing, and they're sculptures and all that stuff. But you're living pictures. They're just pictures. They're two-dimensional. If it's it's a sculpture, you might say it's three-dimensional, but it's it's cold and it's stone. But you and me, we're we're living. Living pictures, living masterpieces. 3D, 4D. 5D, 60, you smell and all. Like, I mean, it's got everything. You think about it, this is better than going to Disney. But it has everything in it. But you're the masterpiece that God has created and is continually recreating day by day to become more and more like him. And to become more and more of a representative of him in wherever it is that you live or walk or do life, or, or hang around with, all of that stuff. And I was thinking, when, when the guys are making paintings, again, not being an artist, but I did watch Lisa over in Belarus making paintings, okay? And, and she had a, there was a wall, and she had a pencil, and she drew on the wall. The wall did not seem to be too upset about it. It wasn't getting offended because she was drawing on it. Um, and then other people came along and painted into it and done all kinds of stuff. Um, but that's kind of harmless, even if you're a canvas and you're being painted on. But I was thinking about people who sculpt things. And I'm sure I read this somewhere many years ago, um, about when an artist, a sculptor, I think that's what you call them, with a, with a chisel and a hammer years and years ago, back in Leonardo da Vinci kind of times, they would just see a lump of marble. And then next thing, someone would see it a year later or whatever, and there'd be this fantastic statue of somebody, of whatever it may be. And someone said, like, how, how do you see from that lump of rock, how do you get this? And the artist said, I saw him trapped in the lump of rock. And I needed to break all that other stuff off to release him. And I thought, how amazing... A comparison that is with what God wants to do with us. That inside of each one of us, he sees the masterpiece. He sees what he created. He sees the the most amazing version of you that there could possibly be. But we're trapped. 
And he wants to set us free. But I was thinking, if I was that big lumber rock, I don't know if I'd be very happy about a fella coming at me with a hammer and a chisel. Because <laughs> I'm reckoning it might be painful. It might be awkward. He might chisel bits that I don't want him chiseling. He might be whacking off of me in places that I don't want him whacking off of me. But the reality of it is, without that happening, the masterpiece never gets released. And you and me have stuff in our lives that God wants to push away. He wants to break off of us so that the real person that he created inside can be released out to be all that you were created to be. And a lot of times, I'm going to be honest with you, it hurts. It's painful. It's a pain in you know where to have God working on you sometimes because he usually deals with stuff that I'm not comfortable with, that I don't want him. That it's like he dealt with me around stuff that came from my family of origin where I came from that I left 40 years ago. And 20 years ago, he's making me look at stuff because he's going, that's affecting you now, Brian. And if you don't let me knock that chunk off, then your right hand will never be, be free to be able to do all it should do. Or your brain won't be free or your eyes or whatever. I need to break this away so that that masterpiece that's in there can be released. And he does that by bringing us true situations and true trials and true tests and true blessings and true grace and true mercy and all of that stuff that comes together. And I figured, you all look fairly happy in here today. I'm guessing none of you have any problems, really. Everyone's life is amazing. Beautiful. Yes, perfect. Couldn't be any better. Except for the car with a blown engine in the car park. But other than that, everything is brilliant. And we have, we have so many promises from God, but none of them are get-out clauses from hassle. None of them. Every one of them are promises that God will bring us through, but never that he'll get us out of. He says he is an ever-present help in times of trouble. He's there. And I'm thinking, what kind of problems could be in the room today? There could be money problems. These all look fairly rich. But besides that, there could be money problems. There could be... Sorry, I'm distracted. I'm just after seeing a couple with two kids walking in there and then walking back out again. I haven't got a clue who they are. But anyway, it could be marriage problems. It could be family problems. It could be politics that's upsetting you. It could be wars or rumors of wars. And maybe, maybe where you live. I, I know when there was a bomb went off up in Derry a couple of weeks ago. And for some reason or other, I lived through the troubles when it was at its height, and it never bothered me. I'm being honest with you, because it was like, it was up there, and we were down here, and it was different. But when that went off a couple of weeks ago, that kind of rocked, it hit me for some reason or other. And I went, oh, Jesus, please, don't let that start again. Because I've been in Derry since, when the troubles were gone. And it's just such a beautiful place, and the people are so lovely, and all of that. And you're thinking, don't let that start again. But in the midst of all of that, 
God's because we have really good friends who run a church up there as well. And in the midst of all of that trouble, God's promises, he'll be with them. He'll be in the middle of it with them. And I wondered, what storm are you facing today? What storm are you facing? I was talking to someone the other day, and her niece took her life by suicide two weeks ago. Devastated. Family is devastated. What storm are you facing? Because I'm guessing there's a storm. Because I don't know any of us who, who, who haven't faced some storm at some stage. When we were told in January that we were going to have to leave here, and, um, and I had several conversations with many people over the next couple of weeks, um, and, and I was kind of, the day I got the message, the day I was talking to the person and I left, and I remember I rang Anne, and I was rocked, and I got onto the bus, and I think I told you this story, I got on this bus and this old person, I'm old, but this was an old person, okay, an old woman, um, who was kind of shaky on the bus, and I asked the bus driver to stop, blah, blah, and as I walked by this woman, randomly she just said, his will be done. Randomly. No conversation with her, nothing else. And I walked by and went, um, that's weird. But I'll take it. I was waving. Because um, the rest of you are looking at me thinking I'm weird as well. But I was rocked. But within a very short period of time, I got a peace that I hadn't had before. That, that brought me through it. One night, in the months that have followed since, one night I woke up at about 2 o'clock in the morning in a panic. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And what came back to me was what we had talked about on the forward weekend. Don't ask God to get you out of the trouble. Ask Jesus to come into the trouble. And that's what I did. And ten minutes later, I was asleep. That, can I tell you, is a miracle. Because before we started this church, if I was woke up like that with something, I'd be sitting up for hours. And I'd be trying to figure out how am I going to fix this and what am I going to do and all the rest of it. And, And I really didn't have a plan. And I don't have a plan. God has a plan. And I say all of that because I want to bring us to a place in the scriptures that I believe God wants us to look at this week. And it's all about the promise that he will be our refuge, that he will be our strength in times of trouble. And it's from Psalm 46. And it's the whole psalm. I just want to read through the whole psalm and then just pick a couple of points out of it. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bone, he shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And I just thought, two things I want to, two of many things I'd love to point out, but these two for a part. Mountains falling into the sea and storms. 
every one of us will face a storm. You might be facing a storm right now. It might be a financial storm. It might be an emotional storm. It might be a physical storm. Whatever that storm is. Whether the ocean all around you is foaming up and it's really scary and it's really messy and you think you're going to sink. What I want to tell you is God's hand is there. He's in the storm with you. He's not sitting on the sidelines looking at you drowning. But he's there. When Peter started sinking after he stepped out of the boat and he was walking on the water and the waves scared him and he started sinking, all he said was, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus put his hand out. He didn't go to him. What's your stuff for leaving for you, ticket? What are you doing sinking? I told you to walk on the water. He didn't say any of that to him. He just went and come and saved him. And he won't say that to you either. He's not going to say to you, why did you do that? What is wrong with you, Dumbo? Which is what I expect him to say, to be honest with you. Because I've experienced that from people. How could you be so stupid? Why didn't you know better? You did know better. Why did you do it again? But God never says that. He's not up there with a stick waiting to bait the crap out of us. He's there with his hands stretched out saying, invite me into whatever that is. Invite me in. Because I can bring healing into that. I can bring deliverance into that. I can bring fixing into that. I can help you get through whatever that is if you ask me in. And the mountains bit, I was thinking, that's the stuff that we have, I think for me, that's the stuff we have in life that we think is safe. And we put our trust in it. Because mountains don't move, generally speaking. With an earthquake, I'll grant you. We live in Ireland, we don't get many earthquakes. Donegal maybe, but not down here. Since I've been a baby, huh? Oh yeah, they're getting closer. Since I've been a baby, the Wicklow Mountains and the Dublin Mountains have been surrounding us. To the best of my knowledge, they haven't moved an inch. They look like they're in the same place. We've built houses and moved out to them, but the mountains haven't moved. Mountains don't tend to move, okay, unless there's an earthquake. But I've had things in my life that I thought were mountains. I've had jobs that I thought was a mountain. I've had a home situation where I thought it was a mountain. I had people in my life that I thought were a mountain. But then they moved. The people let me down. The job closed up. The home situation didn't work out the way I expected. The car I thought I was safe with for the next three years clapped up. Whatever. Mountains that we put our trust into can move. Except there's one that won't move, and that's Jesus. And if we can put our trust in him and not in the stuff around us. You see, God gave us church for to be a support for each other, to be a place to learn, a place to grow together, place to walk with each other, challenge each other, love each other, help each other, whatever. But it was never meant to replace a relationship with God. Because church will move. Because it's made of people. And they mess up. Notice I said day. No. 
Not us. We never mess up. Right? They mess up. Them other churches. Okay. No, seriously. We mess up. We don't get it right all the time. You don't get it right all the time. We're all human. But the one mountain that will never move. So if you bank your life and you bank your support on the people around you, you're banking in the wrong place. You need to bank it on the rock that doesn't move. You need to bank it on Jesus because he won't change. He won't let you down. He won't not turn up. What storms are you facing in your life right now? What part of your life isn't going the way that you thought it should be? And what mountain have you banked on that has let you down? Come and see the works of God. The desolations he has brought on the earth. I want to read that piece from the message version. It says, attention all. See the marvels of God. He plants flowers and trees all over the earth. You know, long before there was ever a garden center or a packet of seeds in Tesco's, God planted flowers all over the earth. He planted trees all over the earth. He bans war from pole to pole. Jesus said when he comes back, there will be peace, real peace. He will ban war. It will not happen again. Right now, we live in that time of in-between where we have to put up with it. But there will be a time. He breaks all the weapons across his knee. And in the NIV version, it says, be still and know that I am God. And in this one, it says, step out of the traffic. And take a long, loving look at me. Your high God who is above politics and is above everything. And what I want, I'm going to finish in a minute, but what I want to do is invite you to go, God, here's my storm. And here's the mountain that I put my trust in. And if I put it in the wrong place, well then help me to sort that out and put it in the right place. I'm sorry if I trusted in that person instead of trusting in you. See, the thing is, if you trust in God, he will probably use people to answer your prayer. He generally does. 99% of the time, God will use people, whether they believe in him or not, he'll still use them. I prayed for a job many years ago because we were broke and starving and no money and I prayed for a job and God made a man who didn't believe in him knock at me door and say, do you want a job? But he still used the person. But it was God who moved him. And if we put our trust in the, in the instrument of God rather than the God of the instrument, then we have it in the wrong place. So what I want to invite you to do, I'm going to play... Um, there's a song by Shane and Shane, um, Psalm 46. It's this, it's this psalm, and it's just in a song version. And we're going to play it. And we've played it here before. And the worship team are trying to learn it. Oh, Shane nearly has it started. But 
what I want to ask you to do is while this is playing, you just look in your own heart. You take this minute. We're all just people in this room. Every one of us. You're all the masterpiece that God is working on right now. All of us. Some of us are nearer perfection than others. That just means we're nearer dying than others. Because we've been working on us for longer. We're nearer to going home. But within this next three minutes, one, remember you are his masterpiece and he's working on you. Two, think of the storm that you are going through right now. And if you're not in a storm right now, there's probably one coming. Not trying to be prophetic, just realistic. And three, have you put your faith in a mountain that wasn't actually God? And if any of those three relate to you right now, I want to ask you to just have a conversation with Jesus in your heart, in your head. As this song plays, just talk to God. No one else will disturb you. And close your eyes. The words will be on the screen if you want to watch them. Or you can just shut your eyes and sit there and have this couple of minutes between you and God. You may never get this opportunity again. As you leave this place, life will hit you in whatever way. Tomorrow is not going to happen. We now have this three or four minutes. Let's take it. Why not you take it? And just have this time between you and Jesus. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. God will be with you in the midst of wherever it is that you have to face. In the midst of wherever pain, fear, need, lack, whatever, in the middle of it all, he will be with you. If you invite him into that space. So God, I pray that right now you would just come. The people in this room would know your arm wrapped around them. The people in this room would know that the God of Jacob is the God of today. That you are not a God of the past, you are a God of the present. And you are a God of the future. And that you are here. And that you want to make the difference. You want to make the difference. There are many stories that I could tell you about things and people. But there's only one person who ever came for me and died for me and made a way for me to have a future and that was Jesus.
He is the only story that we have. He is the only hope that we have. But he is the most amazing hope. He is the most amazing story and he is the most amazing future. And he doesn't have favorites. He doesn't just want to do it for some and not for others. Not a prayer of comfort and your strength. Lord, your word promises that you will guard our hearts and our minds. That you will keep us in perfect peace if we keep our minds focused on you. So I pray right now that each and every one of us will be able to see that you are so much bigger than any problem we're facing. That you are so much bigger than any mountain that may move or any storm that may come against us, but that you are the God who created the heavens and the earth and who live inside of us. Father, I pray right now that there will be a revelation of your grace into our lives. I ask God that you would meet with people. I ask that you would meet with them, God, right now. Right this minute. Quarter past one, Sunday afternoon, May 2019, here in Crumlin, that you would meet with people. And I pray that whoever is sitting in this room and is holding stuff and right now feels like they can't let it go, that you would give them the grace to let it go. That you would give them the strength to let it go. That you would give them whatever they need to be able to surrender whatever it is into your hands. We wait for you, God. We wait for you. May the Lord Almighty, the God of Jacob, make his face shine upon you. May he grant you peace in your heart and in your mind. May he give you strength. May he give you grace. And may he share you with his love. And may you know that you are God's masterpiece. You are a work in progress in the hands of the master creator. And that you would be able to rest in that. And know that no matter what happens, no matter what you face, that the God of the universe holds you in the palm of his hand. And he holds those that you love. And he holds this very earth in the palm of his hand. And he will not let you go. 
So you don't let him go. You don't walk away from him. You hold on to him. You invite him into every space in your life that you need him. God bless your people, I pray. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you need to just sit, take another